When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are back with Season 5, Episode 27 as the New York Rangers have picked up right where they left off against the Washington Capitals tonight in a much needed win uh, if everyone remembers the the debacle of the last game against the Washington Capitals where we failed to show up uh, the Rangers currently winning 5-1 with just a few minutes left in the game so that's another regulation win and two points and Andy and I are finally back I hope everyone had a you know, Merry Christmas and a Happy Holiday, and New Year's is right around the corner with the World Junior action, too. So, Andy, I have to ask you, how are you doing, my friend? I'm good. I, I had a uh, very early flight this morning at a Illinois time. I had a uh, 5.30 flight, so Oof. very tired, but um, also, you know, it's, it was a... Uh, the holidays are always a whirlwind, you know, a lot of travels always to be expected, but it, it's been good. It's been, uh, it was nice to see my wife's family. Um, yeah. And like you said, it's been nice to have a little break from NHL action, but also have some world juniors to watch. And, uh, yeah, it's nice to see that the Rangers are picking right up, uh, where they left off. I mean, in grant granted this, I think this is a pretty good opponent for them to come back to. I mean, much rather play the Capitals in your first game back than to say a team like the Dallas Stars or, uh, you know, oh, we'll see if Kreider can get another goal here. Um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, yes. As James mentioned, there's uh, we are recording this with literally three minutes left in the third period in the game against Washington. Uh, hopefully the Rangers hold this four goal lead. Uh, Igor looks unbeatable right now, so that's that's good. Oh my goodness. Oh wow. Jesus Christ. He's, as I say this, the Rangers are literally trying to give them every free look, but Igor's standing tall. So he looks great. Uh, so yeah, clearly the rest has done the Rangers and Igor Shisterkin a lot of good. Cause he looks, uh, he looks back to his dominant, usual dominant self. Yeah. And the last couple of games that he started, he looked, you know, he looked pretty good. You know, I think if you look at the Rangers, you know, I don't know if you want to go back even 10 games, but just say five, five games ago. I mean, really, the only game where you're just kind of like that's a disappointment where they failed to show up in the third period was against the the red hot, you know, Edmonton Oilers, who, you know, it's one thing for, you know, not to gripe about that game. But, you know, looking back on it, you know, it wasn't even like the McDavid show. It was we kind of just let their their role players take over the game through hard work and, and zone entry and you know, the New York Rangers were able to clean it up and, and get a few wins, uh, you know, and a great win against the Buffalo Sabres, you know, to, you know, start the break. And then now you come back and you beat up on an opponent who kind of embarrassed you last game, you know, if I'm being honest. 
So, you know, the fact that the Rangers were able to just really romp them right now, 5-1, and it's, you know, looking it's going to end uh, with that score. So, yeah, it's just, you know, consistency with this team, man. It's it's doing the same shit game in and game out. And I know, I mean, when you're winning, it doesn't get boring. But, you know, the 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 grind of an NHL schedule is such a tough thing to to go through. And the fact that the Rangers have been this successful, this consistent, um, really, you know, when they do lose, it's so apparent why they lost because they just don't do the things that they normally do, whether that's, you know, uh, positioning in the defensive zone, uh, you know, not closing the gaps and giving, you know, their players too much time uh, coming into our zone, um, whether it's not, you know, forechecking properly or not getting pucks to the net, trying to get too fancy. It's like all the things that, you know, the bad habits that we've seen over the years, um, you know, they only creep up, you know, once in a while, you know, once every few periods. And sometimes that can bite you in in the ass and you can play two good periods and still lose the game. But New York Rangers are finding ways to win in regulation. Um, They're beating key opponents. Uh, They're beating, not only are they beating teams, the bottom of the standings, but they're consistently beating the teams at the top of the standings too. So, you know, the New York Rangers have a lot, you know, a lot to be proud of, uh, you know, ending 2023. And hopefully this shit can continue to into, you know, into the spring because, you know, we're going to need to be consistent. And although we do have a nice cushion in the standings, I have a feeling that there's going to be some sorting out to do. And teams like Carolina, uh, you know, and, and even New Jersey are going to, you know, start to figure things out. Although I don't, I'm starting to lose faith in New Jersey. You know, I, I thought they would be a team to figure it out. I, I am starting to lose faith, and, and tonight doesn't really help their case uh, losing to Columbus. At least they were losing when I last look at, looked at the scoreboard. So, uh, yeah, a- Andy, your your thoughts, you know, at the closing 2023, your thoughts on the New York Rangers. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty crazy to see the transformation this team has taken from the last regime to this one. Seemingly a... This is a team that, I mean, you can say, we can maybe say all we want about their depth or lack thereof. Although, right, granted, right now it's being tested because they are hurt and uh, continue to get hurt, as we're probably going to get to in our next segment. But, uh, I mean, I don't, I just don't know if I've ever seen them this comfortable and battle hardened and battle tested. They, it seems like the the longer the game goes without a score the better they feel about their own game because they're like, listen, we could just pop one in on the power play. If we need a, an equalizer, we'll get it somehow. And they just really seem to have that confidence and it comes to fruition. It's pretty, it's pretty wild. You know what I mean? So, which is pretty crazy considering, you know, you and I have been doing this podcast for five years and uh, the Rangers, uh, th- this team used to be just very stunted mentally. And if the second things didn't go their way, they would fall apart. But now I feel like if anything, they give up the first goal, not a problem. They'll get it back. Uh, They haven't broken through yet. You know, they don't have a good first period and there's, you know, they go into the third period tied or this, whatever. It's just, they don't really seem to care. They just, they're pretty comfortable. They're pretty confident that they're going to find someone, somebody's going to break through. And I think that's the, the key. I think, you know, you mentioned the devils and, I think that's a team that when Jack Hughes is going, they all follow his lead and it's there. They look unbeatable and he's going through a pretty off stretch for his standards right now. And the rest of them, they they all kind of lose the faith 
you know what I mean? They're like, oh, if Jack's mm-hmm. not going. But uh, granted, you know, Mika Zibanejad and Kreider didn't do Jack for the first two months of the year until Mika got hot. And right as they got hot, you know, Bred and that that second line that was super hot, maybe cooled down a little bit. But it was cool because you had other people, defensemen. And even tonight's game, Truba, Truba goes to the locker room early in the second with uh, an injury of some sort, an upper body, they're calling it. We think it was suspected a, you know, an elbow, uh, you know, a collision with uh, Tom Wilson near the net as my, my cat is mewing. Um, but it seemed like the second Truba went down, you'd think it would make them panic. But then it, it seemed like everyone stepped up, especially Miller. All of a sudden, he he just he's like, well, I'm just going to play forward for the rest of the night. And he was just he engaged, you know, he activated and he basically started taking the game over. So I think that's the difference between the Rangers and a lot of the other teams in the National Hockey League. It's just that they just they always they have a belief in their structure and their team and their system and they just don't get rattled, which clearly it works because I think there are I think there's some teams that they either just flat out dominate teams or if they lose, they lose spectacularly, where I think the Rangers are just, you know, I think honestly, every the Rangers look the same almost against every team they play for, for better or worse. You know what I mean? It's like they never they never really get outside of, you know, what, two games this year, maybe you could say they never really get embarrassed, but they look they they look the same against the Boston Bruin as, as they do against like the, I don't know, the Seattle Kraken, you know what I mean? Which is probably a good thing if you think about it. Well, yeah, that means, you know, they they're sticking to their game plan and they're, and they're playing exactly how they need to play to be successful. And it's been, been working, you know? Uh, and, and the fact that, you know, they're dictating the game is huge. You know, we saw how many times last year, you know, the, the other team, especially like a team like the devils, they dictated how the game was going to be played. All right. They, you know, especially in the playoffs, you know, when they started to come back, they're like, you know what, we're just going to turn and burn with this team. We're just going to absolutely kill them with speed, not get, not give them any space to do anything. And, you know, we're going to constantly catch them off guard. And if they're not going to keep up with us, we're just going to, we're going to eventually, you know, find ways to score. And that's what they did. Uh, You know, where the New York Rangers now, even against quicker teams, Although, you know, you can definitely tell, you know, teams that are grittier and faster than us, we are just so patient and just don't give them anything and close gaps and just play positioning. Whereas, yeah, you may outplay us, but we're going to walk away with a 0-0 in the first period. And eventually we're just going to break, you know, we're going to break out in a power play and get a power play goal because our power play is the best in the National Hockey League. And, you know, we're going to get the job done. We have great goaltending. So as long as we keep our shots to the outside and don't allow, you know, anybody to crash the net for rebounds, we're going to, you know, we're going to, you know, keep you out of the, you know, keep you out of the goal. So, yeah, it's wild to see, you know, this just like never happens, you know, for the New York Rangers, like this type of consistency, like, and, and I shouldn't even say like, like there's been good Rangers, Rangers teams over the years. Not like this, though. This is like different for sure. It feels different. It's not sexy, which I actually like. You know, it's like hard work, you know, structure, you know, energy, contribution up and down the lineup. And then the few hiccups that we have, like you can literally pinpoint it and be like, no, 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 like, like this is why we're not working. And then when the game ends and you hear, you know, LaViolette talk about the team and he's like, we just didn't compete in the offensive zone. We, we didn't fire enough shots on that. We, 
you know, broke down too easily in our defensive zone. Like it, every little thing that you see, like that's exactly what happens. And those games are going to happen. It's, it's an 82 game schedule. You're not going to win every single game. So, you know, when it does, you know, break down, you, you kind of look how, you know, the boys response and that's how you judge them on. And, and so far they've responded, you know, they've, the games where you think like shit, they look like shit. They can drop the next three games just based off of who they're playing. Then they go out and like they, they play perfect hockey against like a Boston Bruins. And they're like, yeah, no, we win. We win that game. And it's like, wait, how? Like, where are you pulling? Like, where does this consistency come from? Because I've been a New York Ranger fan a long time. I don't, you very rarely do you see consistent play like this. So yeah, Andy, uh, you know, I have to say, uh, you know, if you look at, you know, the successful New York Rangers teams of the past. Do you agree that this kind of looks and feels different? Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I don't think I've ever felt this way about the Rangers. I would say the year they won the President's Trophy, uh, even after that year. going to the Cup fi- Final, it was weird. That year, I thought they looked like they dominated teams more, but at the same sense, I think I always knew in the back of my mind that there were probably teams in the National Hockey League that were ultimately, uh, you know, that that the Rangers, you know, had their flaws. But at the same time, it's like, it's weird to say that I think this is a team that when they stick to their game plan, it's pretty flawless, you know, because I, I think, I think, because, yeah, I mean, we, we look at Boston last year winning the President's Trophy, being like the winningest team in the history of the National <laughs> Hockey League and just getting yeah. bounced in the first round versus, you know, a really hot uh, uh, Sergei Bobrovsky and a Florida Panthers team. You know what I mean? So it's just like, I think you just know it's one, just getting in is only half the battle. And then it's kind of, it's luck and it's, it's, you know, there's so many other factors. So it doesn't really matter how dominant you are. But at the same time, it's just like, uh, I think the Rangers, as long as they stick to their game plan, it's it's pretty it's a it's a damn good plan. It's almost like a goalie playing his percentages and just, you know, yeah, you're just going to have your breakdowns and whatever. But at the same time, it's like it's just not, you know, for so many years, the Rangers didn't have a plan and just looked like they didn't know what to do and couldn't make corrections because they just didn't have a plan or, or a system, much less. You know what I mean? So now they do. And like you said, when they, they have their aberrations and, and they lose their structure and lose games from time to time. But Laviolette addresses it in the post game. He basically says what we saw as fans, which is refreshing instead of just doing some whole thing like, ah, you know, I, I like it, but they get paid to play, too. You know what I mean? So, yeah, God, that was the worst. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I know. It's like the the longer time goes on with the with Laviolette, you're just like, you know, um, yeah, it's just like, where has this guy been my my entire life? But especially when you look at the roster, because I mean, yes, obviously the Rangers have some good players, but they have some really good players out. And I don't I mean, this is not going to be surprised to people. Uh, Pitlick and Benino and Goodrow are absolute dog shit. Like we all know this. Yes, they're good at what they do. And but at the same time, you know, it's not the type of. I think in a perfect world they would not be getting the amount of ice time they're getting. However, they basically know what the game plan is and they can stick to it and they're good penalty killers. So th- this team rolls on and they they have excellent special teams and 
They get they have excellent defense that can chip in offensively and it helps kind of mitigate that. And obviously, when you get Heedle and Kako back, if you get them back, that will be a huge boon for this team. Uh, not to mention if if Chris Drury can have any pull another card out of his sleeve at the trade deadline. But yeah, that just I think it, that's just more of a testament to the system and the game plan they have and the fact that they can give force feed those guys lots of minutes. And at the same time, most teams in the league that played those guys that much would probably be a shittier team in the national hockey league, but they're, you know, they're good. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the the day, I mean, those guys are professionals. I mean, Nick Benino has won multiple cups. Uh, Goudreau last year in the playoffs was one of our best players. So I'm not going to totally knock him. Although, you know, for the price that you're paying for him, like, could we get an upgrade? Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, Pitlick, you know, he is what he is. Like, we brought these guys in paying less than a million dollars to play on the fourth line or maybe be an extra forward, and it is what it is. But at the same time, it's like they're never the reason that we lose a hockey game. Like, the reason why we lose the hockey game is that our power play goes over five and our top two lines, you know, decide not to show up. Yeah, And, you know, and even that, that's even more rare. It's just, you know, it, I don't even know how to describe our losses. They're just kind of like dog shit. I mean, if you look at the last one against Edmonton, it's like we just allowed them to walk into our zone. That had nothing to do with, you know, our fourth line being brutal. It had everything to do with, you know, we just stopped working in the third period and a one nothing goal uh, lead wasn't enough to stop a team that let's just be honest, you know, they're desperate for wins. They're desperate for points. And they came out uh, against the devils the night before and, you know, fucking took it to them in the third and they did the exact same thing to us. And we, you know, almost crawled back there, but at the same time, you know, that's, you know, the, you know, that's that, you know, it's a little too little too late. So yeah. And looking at this New York Rangers team, I mean, obviously their power play bails them out a lot, but I mean, that's what good teams do. They capitalize on their, on their uh, opportunities. A couple things, Andy, you mentioned injuries. Obviously the Rangers have a ton of them, uh, especially with a couple key players. One, I don't think Heedle is going to come back this season. I just, that just does not seem good. I mean, he's skating on his own. He's not with the team. Concussions scare the shit out of me. Just now what we know about them to me, I, nothing against him i i just i don't even want him back because it's just a scary thing we're fine without him as selfish as that may sound uh i would rather him you know really make sure that he's 100 percent before we rush him back i would imagine if there's a chance that he comes back it's not going to be until a month or month before maybe the playoffs and then you know kako obviously the timeline is the timeline for him. So we know, you know, when to expect him back, maybe February. So, you know, given those two key players are going to be out and certainly we're not missing them right now in terms of production, where do you see this team going in the near future without those two players, uh, you know, and the trade deadline, you know, eventually coming up. So I, you know, I just want to hear your thoughts on if you're, you know, Drury, how are you going to navigate this whole thing? Yeah, well, we know Kako is skating again, so he'll be back. You know, uh, probably, I would, you know, it's hard to say when, but at least he's skating, so you know he is on that road from what could have been really, I mean, obviously the Rangers are tight-lipped about what the injury was, but the fact that he's skating 
right now is a pretty good sign that he should be back sooner rather than later. Uh, but Heedle, obviously, I think we we do know that the Rangers sent him to see a specialist in Michigan, which obviously means things are not great right. in terms of what's going on with him. I presume, you know, he's dealt with concussion related symptoms before. So clearly it's lingering this time. It might possibly even worse than it ever has, which is just heartbreaking. And obviously mm-hmm. he needs to think about the rest of the quality of the rest of his life, which is unfortunate considering how promising we just, well, he hasn't officially retired, but we know Nolan Patrick. There's been a lot of talk about whether or not he is retired. He's obviously stepped away from the game for now. Um, and he's had a lot of concussions in their early career. And I mean, he was a guy who was slated to go first overall before the devil's kind of surprised and took Nico. He you know what I mean? So just kind of it shows you just, it's, it's just, yeah, it's, you never know that you, you might think you're penciling for a long NHL career and you just don't know. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, in terms of that, if he doesn't come back, you know, I'm not really sure what that means for how that would affect, you know, they put him on LTR. Obviously, it would free up the money he makes, but he doesn't make a, a, a lot of money. So obviously, you would imagine the Rangers would want some more middle six help. Um, that's probably their, when you, you look at the Rangers needs, you know, at times you would obviously maybe want to get some some offensive firepower to play with. Kreider and Zabanajad, although Wheeler has looked a lot better as of late. Um, he's looked faster as the season's gone on. That And just that, obviously, that top line in general has finally picked it up in the last uh, few weeks or so. But, yeah, I think, obviously, if you're Chris Drury, you're looking at more middle six help, especially someone who can play center or wing uh, who is a middle sixer. So Because, you obviously, you can't, you don't know what's going to happen with Heedle if he'll be back or not. Bet the action on the ice with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the DraftKings app now and use code THPN. New customers can get 150 bucks instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on hockey. That's code THPN, only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NEW-YORK or text HOPE-NEW-YORK, 467369. In Connecticut, help is available for a gambling problem by calling 888-789-7777 or visiting ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. The NHL and NHL Shield are registered trademark of the National Hockey League. Again, it's just one of those situations where you you really, you have no idea what to expect. I mean, I, I would, I just, I assume that he's not going to come back this season. You know, you know, give it a go. Next season, if, you know, you get cleared by your doctors and you have discussion with, you know, your loved ones and, and just close personnel. Uh, Cause that's, like you said, it's more of a, you know, your expectations of how you want to live the rest of your life. Uh, you know, knowing, you know, what we now know about concussions and just the repercussions uh, down the road that you have to deal with. So, yeah, I, again, I, mm, you know, Kako obviously will be our quote-unquote middle six winger when he comes back, which will be a nice addition. 
Um, you know, he's more of a defensive player now than anything. You know, he's obviously not going to light it up as we unfortunately uh, have found out here. You know, I, I think it's important for the New York Rangers to do to get a guy, like you said, that can play center and wing. Um, you know, a guy I know we joke around to bring him back, but like, you know, Duclair is a perfect player, I think, for the New York Rangers. Um, you know, I don't think they have options to bring in a, a really big, big name player. And I don't think we really need a big name player. I mean, we saw, you know, Kane and Tarasenko come in last year, and sometimes that messes with the mojo. So, you know, I, I don't know. The one player I think I have in mind that's other than a fresh player, maybe like a, a, T- a Tanner Pearson or something like that. Andy, does that yeah. does that interest you a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I think that's at least in the vein of players you could see the Rangers going after, right? Just hopefully a essentially like the the Tanner Pearsons the. Uh, the Riley Smiths of the world, you know what I mean? Those sorts mm-hmm. of like not superstar players by any means, but like guys who can, although I granted Riley Smith is probably a better offensive player than Tanner Pearson. And whereas Tanner Pearson is probably, probably a little bit better of a all around all, all areas of the ice player, but that sort of player, just someone who can, they can rely to fit in their system. Who's going to play defense. Who's going to be detail oriented, but at the same time can, can make plays and and uh, basically do what re- their current crop of of fourth liners and bottom sixers can't do in terms of drive play outside of Will Cooley. You know what I mean? So uh, yeah. basically, a young Barkley Goodrow is what they're sort of looking for in a, in, a, in a lot of ways. Yeah. Do you think that they'll mess with any of the mojo trading a guy like Benino? Or I mean, I can see Benino becoming maybe the odd man out. Yeah, I think they'll. They, I don't know if they would trade him, but because I think they would like the depth of having him available, especially because he doesn't he doesn't make any money. But right. uh, I think he would. They would at least he would be the guy, you know, which is interesting because obviously they have such a good PK and you don't want to mess with it too bad. But Benino is the guy who you would move because he just. You know, I, I mean, honestly, for me, it's either him or Goodrow, but obviously Goodrow carries a little bit more of an aura in that locker room. So you kind of almost it's, it would probably hurt them more to take him out. Yeah. He's I, such and, a leader for them. And Goudreau was good last playoffs. Like for what he, he was, was, he is a, he is a gamer in the playoffs. I just, he's a guy that the road miles are really starting to, to show for me. You know what I mean? I mean, it doesn't help right now. He's literally wearing that bubble, but, uh, and <laughs> he, you know, he's just, he's, he's gotten slower every game I've seen him since he's gotten here. So, you know, sometimes you just worry about it. it's going to cost you, but, uh, yeah, it would probably Benino would probably be the odd one out. Um, I have to say, though, I mean, we only have a, had a few games uh, of of Adam Edstrom, but he looked great. Yeah. You know, I, I kind of want to see more Adam Edstrom in the NHL. I mean, he's a big boy and, you know, obviously it's nice to skate. see. Yeah, it's nice to see a guy that like, you know, comes up here and kind of, you know, fit seamlessly, you know, from what we saw. But, you know, and I think coming up into this team is, is pretty good. As long as you can grasp the structure and you're an intelligent hockey player, I think you're going to be fine. Uh, you know, given that this team is very X's and O's and position oriented and, you know, you know, if you're a young player coming up and, you know, you're not looking to, you know, 
listen, we already have Panarin. We already have Zibanejad. We already have those guys. Like your job is to play and eat up minutes, 10 to 12 minutes a game. And, you know, those guys, you know, can make or break a hockey team. And, you know, if, if that's what you come in and concentrate on doing and you're effective at it, you know, shit, you're going to be, you're going to see a little bit more playing time. So it's nice to see a player like that step up uh, and, and be successful. And I feel like every player that, you know, we've got, I mean, obviously Brzezinski is not really, you know, a guy that you call up, but, you know, every single player that they've, they've needed and, and, and come up so far has been successful like have you thought of a player that's like come up here and you're like oh boy they don't they don't belong i mean jones is the only one but we all know what he is you know he's an undersized defenseman and when he's playing unfortunately that means you know one of our big guns are out and you know he's usually stuck on a pair with schneider and those two can get lost at times so i don't even blame him yeah but forward wise especially yeah no exactly i think that's that was Hartford was literally a non, I don't even know why it existed for the Rangers for so long, considering they didn't pay any attention to it and use it like other teams. I mean, Tampa's back-to-back championships are basically built on turning their AHL team into a factory of usable bottom and middle six players. You know what I mean? Or at least a a developing league for their, their heavy hitters before they're ready for the spotlight. But Chris Drury was the, assistant general manager to Jeff Gorton and he was the general manager of the Hartford Wolf Pack so clearly he he's really invested a lot of time and resources there to definitely more synergy throughout the the Rangers and their AHL team and it I think it really shows you know what I mean so obviously Chris Knobloch getting the the nod for the Oilers gig I mean a lot, yes it's, I think it's mostly the familiarity with McDavid but it's also because He's been a good coach there. You know what I mean? So, um, so yeah, I think that's, you know, that's a testament to Chris Drury. And also we, we basically knew that the Rangers made an edict of, of drafting players with more uh, gamesmanship a little bit more, especially that they had been burned with the, the Leah Sanderson's and the craft sobs of the world. Um, not that I think Leah Sanderson lacked gamesmanship or whatever. I just don't think he had NHL talent, but, you know what I mean? I think it's just they clearly the Rangers are clearly have drafted a lot of these guys like Sakura and Berard and Othman. And, you know, they just have a bunch of guys playing in their system who are. Who, yeah, who just who can fill that role and not only fill fill that role, but not be more than just like a warm body, actually, when they come up, get a call up for a cup of coffee instead of thinking about surviving their time in the NHL, they think like, I'm going to try to make, do something or make a difference. So, and I think that's a, yeah, I mean, that's a testament to a lot of the overhaul this organization has done because they've, they've had a lot of stuff to kind of messes to clean up. And I think for the the most part, they've really done a good job getting back on that, uh, back on track, like other modern NHL clubs. Yeah. And you know, the kind of segue, you know, obviously there's some Rangers prospects playing in the world juniors, uh, have you gotten a chance to catch any of those games? Yeah, no, I've, I've watched a few. Um, I didn't, I didn't get to watch most of the routes of, you know, like I didn't, I, I caught some of Canada and was at Denmark today or was that Latvia? I think it was Latvia, but it was, that was pretty much a route. Um, but you know, watching Macklin Celebrini, God, he's, he's going to be so good. You know, you, you, you hope to, to God that the Blackhawks don't, 
end up with Bedard and Celebrini or else that'll be it for, you know, in five years for essentially most of the league. But, um, you know, USA is the team to beat. The Rangers are lucky to have two players and Gabe Perot and Drew Fortescue on that team. Uh, Adam Sikora is the, the, uh, the captain of the slow, you know, the Slovakia team who won their first game, I think five to one, he had an assist in the game. So yeah, I've been watching and, and it should be good. Um, Germany beat Finland for the first time ever. I think I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it, just Germany keeps getting better and better as a hockey, a hockey country. You know, the DEL is a pretty good league. And obviously we see more and more between uh, dry and Mort cider. And, you know, we're seeing more and more NHL quality talent emerge. So, from from Germany so that's pretty it's really cool so yeah it's been it's been fun watching so far um trying to catch catch more of it this year uh I just re-upped my VPN subscription so I can watch uh more without with less headaches so that's been good uh but yeah I mean obviously it's it's nice especially when you're you know have vested interest in Team USA because a they're USA and you have two players playing for them that's as your favorite team it's uh yeah that's added incentive no for sure and you know again i i don't i don't oh you you, your knowledge of prospects and just the younger talent uh you know in in this tournament obviously is way more than mine i the this tournament for me i mean just coming this time of year you know the transition into the the new year and just you know, I, I feel like over the last couple seasons, the New York Rangers have had key prospects and, you know, just watching them be successful just shows you that, you know, as they move on to the next level, you know, the AHL, it just like it coincides with, you know, how the New York Rangers now are finally starting to build something, you know, in their farm system. And it's not just about where they draft players, it's getting key players later in the draft and, having those talents work out, uh, you know, in your favor has been, you know, been really good and really nice to see that, you know, the, the Rangers aren't just, you know, if we don't draft top 10, we're never going to get a, a good prospect, you know, it's just, it can come later in the round, you know, later in the first round or later in the draft. And yeah, it's just, uh, you know, I'm pumped for this tournament, obviously rooting for USA, but <clears throat> you know, it's fun to watch, you know, a lot of these teams like Germany and stuff like that have success too. Um, and Drew Fortescue, just a, a, also a local kid from New York, Rangers third round pick, you know, from Pearl River, New York. It's, that's it's awesome. I mean, I can't imagine what that kid is feeling right now. Um, you know, just being a New York Ranger in that system, and then getting to play in this tournament, and just having the success that he's had. Uh, yeah, just awesome. Uh, you got anything else, Andy? Yeah, I had a question for you. As I'm, sure. I'm going around the league and I'm looking at scores, and I see that at the end of two periods, uh, the Detroit Red Wings are down to the Minnesota Wild uh, by a score of two to one. Let's say they don't make the playoffs. Do you think? Do you think Patrick Kane's looking to stay and see if it goes right the next season, or do you think he's going to say, "I, I'm basically the whole point of of leaving Chicago is to be on a contending team." Oh man, uh, that's a good question. I feel like there's almost layers to that one. I yeah. would have to say that uh, I would hope that Detroit had this conversation with him prior to signing him. 
you well, would think I, they would. Well, I guess the, it would. I guess the question, you know, I you know, I mean, I think if I think it would be a win-win for Detroit. Well, not a win-win because obviously they want to make the playoffs, but they I think they still know they're rebuilding. And at the very least, Kane does not look washed. He's been probably arguably their best player since he's joined them. Yet they they lose, which begs you know begs a lot of questions. Why is that? Is you know what is it? Is it him? Is it? I know, and I know it's weird to say because they're winning, but do they change their the way they play because of him? And they're trying to force more offense. Whatever it doesn't matter. But that being said, I mean, if they sign him, he looks kind of like the old Patrick Kane, and they can then trade him for an asset to a team a team that he gets say on. That might be uh, it might be a win win for the both those parties, all all parties in, you know involved, right? Yeah, I mean, from a management standpoint, yeah, that's a no-brainer. I definitely move Patrick Kane, especially. But this is the thing. Like, I would have had this conversation with him and said, listen, let's let's be honest here. We're not a team that's going to be finishing at the top of the standings. If things turn sour and, you know, we start to fall off here towards the deadline, are you comfortable with being moved? You know, and I don't know. Does he have, like, a no-trade clause or anything like that? That's a good question. I like, know. I don't even know anything about his contract, to be honest, except for the amount of money he's making, which, you know, means nothing. Detroit is the Rangers. top is the top uh, trending team on cap friendly. So I feel like a lot of people like me are having this question, probably watching <laughs> this game. Uh, he's signed for one season anyway. So UFA. Um, I don't see. Does he have? He has an N, he's got an NTC. He's got no no trade clause, which we all know he could waive at any point. Yeah, yeah, he could waive if it, there's a team that he likes. Yeah, I listen. And, and I feel like if Detroit team. if Detroit could get something for him, I mean, unless he's like they're like we liked how you played and we think we're gonna we could be better next year and we want to just resign you for next year. But at the same time, what's to stop them from saying, all right, just go. Steven, get a cup with another team and then come, we'll resign you again next year. And then we get extra assets. You yeah. Know, I just, mean, listen, if I'm Patrick Kane, I'm, I'm all about it. Like, well, we, we also know the Rangers were his first choice and Drury said something to the effect of, we don't have the money or that's what they essentially told him in his camp, even though it might've been, they just weren't looking to do that again, but he does look like a much improved player. I will say that, um, at least, in how he seems to move around and offensively, but he does, he's always had pretty good chemistry with Debrinket. So there's that. Uh, would you be interested in a Patrick Kane reunion? Do you think he fits this new system or do you think he's just, he's just, oh, it would God. just be a step away from what's made the Rangers successful this year. <laughs> and if it sounds that like is... you, if it's, if it sounds like I'm leading you with that uh, wording, it's because I am. Uh, Oh God, I really depends on how he does. And as of right now, right now, I was the third star of the week last week. Yeah, I still say no, because he did that same shit last year. And we don't know if he's just excited to be back. He's fresh. I want to see the wear and tear on that hip. Uh, You know, I want to see, you know, the grind of the NHL season under his belt a little bit here. Uh, as of right now, I'd say, no, I don't take that risk because I still think you're gambling. And, you know, he's he's fresh. When other, you know, this is a brutal time right now for a lot of these teams with injuries. And he is a guy that's coming out of surgery fresh and energized and just relieved that he finally found a team that was going to take a, an opportunity with him. And, 
listen, he may in the back of his mind say, listen, I got a no trade clause for a reason because I want to dictate where I go in the future. Uh, he might have communicated that to the Detroit Red Wings. So he might play his ass off knowing that this is a tryout for him to potentially get, you know, moved at the deadline. Um, if he keeps this up, it's hard to say that you wouldn't take him because, you know, we need right wing debt. I would rather a guy a little bit quicker. Uh, I'd rather get two pieces, you know, for his cost than just him. Because realistically, what is he going to bring? Like five on five, are his numbers really going to be that great? I, I don't know. And like we're like, I know we need right wing depth, but we are getting Kako back. So I would imagine, you know, Wheeler has been fine. He's kind of that old, old bum you have on the right side. I, I don't know. I just feel like he doesn't fit the mold. I'd rather, like you said, a guy that can play center and wing, maybe bring a little bit of speed like, you know, Pearson um, may, a guy with a, a scoring touch that we know, you know, can score goals in, you know, a uh, Duclair, you know, someone along those lines, I, I, I would take that risk and bring in a couple of them before I bring in a Patrick Kane. I mean, how do you feel about it? Yeah, I, I, feel, I, I feel like I feel essentially you, you the same way that, that you do. Um, I think, you know, as I'm looking up to see how do you much think longer Lavier Yanni Gord is signed it. for. Uh, Laviolette would want him. No, I think, I, I don't think, I mean, I think he would, whatever. I think Laviolette seems like the type, unlike Turk, who has a lot of opinions or like Mike Keenan used to just badgering the GM about who they want. I feel like Laviolette is very much, uh, I'll, I'll do the coaching. You do the GMing and you know, you, you if you just keep restocking my, uh, my paint, my paint set, I'll just, uh, I'll, I'll paint you a nice picture. You know what I mean? So if it's Kane, he'd use, he'd find a way to use him. If it's uh, another bottom six guy, he'd use, find a way to use him. I do wonder about the defense, obviously, because uh, as good as the Rangers defense is heralded as it's, I don't know. I, I mean, well, it's tough because who would sit? Would you, I guess you Schneider. would, I don't think they're going to sit That's Schneider at this point now. Especially because he, I thought he started the season pretty rough, but I've really liked him the last, uh, his last two weeks. He's been pretty good. Just I mean, basically, when he's not with Jones, he looks pretty good. You know, right? Um, and you're not going to get rid of Gustafson. No, no. I mean, Gustafson, after starting off amazingly, he's kind of he he was having a rough go of it towards the the basically leading up to Christmas, which shows why. He maybe gets bounces around a lot, but he's still a net positive. You know what I mean? He can make good plays with the puck and him and Schneider seem to work pretty well together. So, uh, yeah, I think that's the thing. You know, maybe they make a trade only in case one someone goes down who if they're a little bit more comfortable with than Zach Jones in the playoffs, if that makes any sense. Well, if you told me the thing is, though, it depends on who we bring in. Like I, I'm done with like these old slow veteran defensemen that have no ability to move the puck. Now, if you told me we went out and we got a, you know, another seventh defenseman, but it's, you know, maybe a 25 year old that, you know, I don't know, just that, you know, with a little bit of experience, he's nothing, nothing great. If you told me that I would be more interested in that than, than, you know, a 38 year old, you know, 
God knows, like a Mark, you know, not I'm just saying Mark Stahl, you know, esque player that like, yeah, he's got experience, but like, come on, let's face it. Like come playoff time, we need someone with a little bit more juice. And I I don't really care at that point. You know, I don't care about longevity and, you know, him being a professional. I'd rather a guy that, you know, yeah, he's got some NHL experience, but, you know, he's a little younger, got a little bit more juice. Maybe he's, you know, a little quick on his feet. Um, yeah, if you told me that, well, let me ask you another question. Given, mm-hmm. you know, take Heedle out of this and say Kako does come back uh, and the Rangers, you know, could really improve defensively or someone, you know, on the, on the offensive side of the puck, what would you pick first? Like if you brought, if you were able to bring in a, a, a very good defenseman where Schneider's definitely sitting or bring in a middle six forward that you're like, man, this guy's legit. What would you be more comfortable in bringing in? Uh, prob, it's tough. I think I just think the Nate Rangers need more five on five punch. Ultimately, I think they their team defense is good enough. Where and yes, there's an argument to be made that having a puck moving defenseman can really help your five on five. But I just uh, watching this game tonight that that the fourth line there was just a lot of drop passes to nobody. Just clearly not having the ability to buy time and space for themselves and just the Rangers not possessing the puck as much as a result. So I really think a versatile middle six forward who drives play in the right direction maybe isn't a superstar goal scorer by any means. But, you know, I think they need essentially a 40 40 to 50 point guy who can play center and, and right wing, you know, you know, if possible. Well, I mean, I know I keep saying it, but Duclair is out there. Yeah. And he's very, very available and he's very cheap. And you saw him score goals just a couple of years ago. Yeah. And he was in the Stanley cup final last year. Yeah. And a huge piece of that team and a huge piece of that team. And, and he's, he's like one of the bright spots on a really, really shitty team. And it would complete the circle. I've said this many times. So yeah. I would love, well, I'm, uh, you've heard here for folks, me and James, it's, we're, we're going to bring him home. We bring the Duke yep. back to New York. I mean, listen, I, I feel it was tough losing him, but the excitement of getting Yandel was obviously cool. Yeah. But it's time for him to come home. I agree. So I you, you want to end there? Yeah, let's end there. I mean, we thank you everybody so happy to be back so happy to be back together on this podcast we hope you all were very good and got all the gifts you deserved or got some gifts even if you only deserve coal uh we hope you i guess the next time we because what new year's day is monday or tuesday new year's the january 1st is a monday all right so uh we might see you you might listen to us again on new year's day i'm not sure yet depends on uh you know what how 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 late uh, i'm james and i are ringing in the new year but uh thank you so much for making it through 2023 with us and we're looking forward to 2024 and it, at by all accounts it looks like the rangers are also looking forward as they are seem to start off on uh, just the right foot Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys podcast. Be sure to follow us on X at Broadway Boys Pod 
And please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.